Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app or at Dash Radio. We're now there every day on the Nothing But Net channel at 7 p.m. Time change, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Also check out my new show on OnSideRadio.com where we cover more than just the Miami Heat. We'll have Five Reasons guests on all the time. And of course, we will cover the Dolphins win against the winless Jets on Monday. Also, Five Reasons Sports Dot com. That's where you can get all of our free content. That's where, I don't know, we're forcing Brady Hawk to write 13 articles a day. So make sure you check those out so that it's worth it for him. Again, we have no paywall. We are unlike all the newspapers in South Florida. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. There have been some really bad primetime games this year. Really bad primetime games or national TV games like Thanksgiving. Make them more interesting by trying prize picks. If you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug ruin your season-long team or your season vet in the daily fantasy space. On prize picks, you simply select two, three, or four players. They can be from opposite teams or teams all over the league and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy projection. You can do this for college football. You can do this for NFL. You can do this for college basketball. You'll be able to do it for NBA when the NBA comes back. Prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct. Entries are so simple. They can be made in less than 60 seconds. Sign up today in time for the Seahawks Eagles Monday night game. Use the code five F I V E F I V E to get a hundred percent match on your first deposit. Up to 100 bucks. Prize picks truly daily fantasy simplified. Again, prizepicks.com, the code five. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We're back from a little hiatus. Here's today's floor plan. It's me. It's Alex Toledo. And also at the end of the episode, it's going to be our friend and sponsor, Eric Brown. We're going to do a new segment called Value Plays. Uh, get He's a real estate agent, but also has a business background. We're going to get into some of the specifics of the salary cap, uh, his views on the BAM extension. So stick around for that. That's something we're going to do here semi-regularly. He's at fivereasonsrealtor.com. All right, Alex, let's get to today's topic. We talked about the Eastern Conference and improvement or regression among the six other top teams in the East along with the Heat. Now we're going to put the Heat in the larger context of the league. And we're going to ask one question and we're going to break this thing down. So don't give away the ghost completely at the beginning. Okay. We're going to try to make the argument that the Heat coming off a finals appearance in which they started as a five seed are a top five team in the NBA coming back into this season. All right. So you and I, we went through a list beforehand. We've got this thing kind of tiered off. Let's start here. Is there any argument right now from you that the Lakers are not after the, after winning the championship, after coming back uh, with a much, my view, better roster than they had last year. Is there any question that they're the top team in the NBA? Uh, I don't think there should be. But it's interesting, right? Like, I think it's in a pretty healthy place overall. As far as when you talk about the Lakers and their improvements, I think there's no doubt that you can say they improved in pretty much every aspect that they could have given the resources that they had, right? And I think, you know, they, they got a you know, 3D guys. They upgraded their bigs for sure. And getting Gasol and Montrezl Harrell instead of Dwight and JaVale McGee, 
They got Schroeder, a guy who could actually defend and shoot and, and actually create and do stuff on the ball. So LeBron doesn't have to do it all the time. So, yeah, they should be the favorites. But at the end of the day, like, oh, my God. At the end of the day, uh, the Lakers – can be unseated. I don't Wait, think the on. Lakers. I just, I just had my first sip of Biscayne Bay Brewing, our sponsor, the official of the Five Reasons Sports Network, which is now sponsoring your end of the days. We're at one. Go ahead. I mean, you guys have me like Markel Fultz. Like, it's just every time I say it, I have to pause. Like, it's just, I'm so in my head about it. You got now. a hitch in your speech like he did in his jump shot. That's all right. We'll send you to Orlando <laughs> if you're okay with that. Continue. Um, but no, the, the Lakers to me can be unseated. I don't look at them as the Warriors. I don't look at them as unstoppable. I don't look at them as like, I, like, what happens if they just end up facing the Clippers again? It's still going to be a really, really tough matchup for them. And that's kind of where I stand. Like, I don't think the Lakers are unbeatable by any means, but they certainly got better. And it's going to be, you know, all the, all the tougher to beat them. Here's the thing about it. To me, there's no question they're the number one team. There's no question they got better. Dennis Schroeder is a huge improvement over Rajon Rondo, even with the Rondo we saw in the finals. Okay. At this stage of their careers, that's not really close. Harrell has his flaws. Okay but he's better than JaVale McGee by, by a wide margin. And Marcus Gasol, it looked a little washed at times, but he still anchored Toronto's defense, and he's an upgrade over Dwight. Okay, so they upgraded he all those spots. Facing but I will say that – right, but I, but I will say this, though, okay? They really didn't add shooting, right? And, and the big question with them the whole season until they played the Heat in game one of the finals was did they have enough shooting around LeBron and AD – and they didn't really upgrade it. In fact, if you really look at it, okay, Rondo was a non-shooter again until he played the Heat. But Dan and Danny Green was a disaster in the finals, but we know that he's a plus shooter as, you know, as long as his head's right. They lost him. They didn't replace him. I mean, they re-signed KCP. Did they add a shooter I don't know about? I, again, I'm not arguing that they're not, they're number one. They're better than they were last year. They won the championship. They have LeBron and AD. They're number one. But did they add shooting anywhere? So I think it's a fair point. Right. Like, I think we can all look at Danny Green and, and go and, and say that they lost their best shooter. I think KCP actually ended up being that. And, yeah, you prefer to have Danny Green on, on the team, especially if you're the Lakers. You need guys like that on your team. Or, or at the end of the day, though, Jesus Christ, Ethan. No, but uh, I just switched real. to the IPA. You can get the Tropical Bay IPA at most publics around South Florida. I'm just going to keep saying it just so we can end the show earlier, but, you know, with all the drinks that you're going to, you know, have in your system by then. But to me, Lots the Lakers happy, added multiple plus shooters, right? So maybe they lost their second best shooter in Danny Green, who to me, I think isn't really uh, that dangerous of a threat from three anymore, you know, as far as an elite guy. And they got off of that, but they added West Matthews, they added Schroeder, they added. Marcus Gasol and to me those guys are not shooters but they're okay shooters I think they're gonna be you know enough and that's kind of all they really need from them because of all the other facets that those guys bring to their game and I really do think it's gonna be like man everything revolved around LeBron and AD for them last season everything they didn't have any type of dynamic guys outside of them you know KCP was their third best player as we discussed and now I think they have like a lot more stuff that they can throw around their game you know Schroeder and Harrell essentially become the the Lakers version of what Lou Will and Harrell had. And then you've got Gasol and Montrez there as kind of upgrades on the bigs. I really do think that they just make a lot more sense as a team now. But your point is is fair that they they still do not have elite shooting. Like if KCP and Wes Matthews and, you know, I guess Dennis Schroeder are, are, are your best shooters, you know, that's kind of tough. I do think they, they become a lot tougher to beat now, though. All right. But do we both agree now that at this stage, 
having beaten the Heat in the championship round, even if, again, two of the Heat's best players were were hurt, that right now the Heat, the Lakers, excuse me, are ahead of the Heat. Correct? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's one. All right. Let's go to team two. Now, you mentioned them a couple times here. So let's get to them first, although obviously they didn't have a better record than the Bucks last year. Um, and I'm not clear on whether they upgraded after that disaster in the bubble, but they did make changes. So we mentioned the Clippers. They've moved from Doc Rivers to Ty Lewis coach. No more Harrell. Um, they replaced him with Ibaka, which is pretty damn good. Um, the, and who else did they lose? I'm sorry. They lost someone else from that roster. Who, who, who's, uh, who's escaping me right now? Was that it? Just uh, Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green. Okay. Uh, apparently they may be shopping Lou Williams. They may not be shopping Lou Williams. They didn't really address the point guard position in any dramatic way. Um, they're just, they're hoping, I guess that Paul George gets his act together again after what, what happened in the bubble and that tie the change to Ty Lou will make a difference here. Uh, a, in your view, have they upgraded, uh, B, can they get past some of the issues that they had last year where, again, they were load managing the entire season and then it never really clicked in the bubble? So to me, the answer to both of those questions is yes, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they will do it. So I think that they did get better in the sense that getting Kennard and Ibaka, to me, I think our guys were going to fit in really, really well with the guys that they had there. Like I think Kennard, obviously he was, he was sulking on the Detroit Pistons before just on a completely meaningless, worthless NBA team. I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit, <laughs> a little bit harsh there, but no, obviously at the end of the Detroit, day, you're right about that. I'm there you go. <laughs> Take a sip, but no, but Kennard at like for real, he's good. He can handle a little bit. He can shoot very, very well, and he's kind of like a, you know, he's a poor man's Tyler Hero. He, I think he, he kind of has a lot of similar stuff to his game that Hero has in the sense that he can, he can handle a little bit. He can run a pick and roll. He's not a point guard but he gives him somebody else who can handle a little bit. I think Ibaka and Harrell are obviously different players. Ibaka is probably an upgraded for what they needed. And I think now they can put up some pretty interesting lineups. You know, you can probably run Kawhi, Paul George, Ibaka as your front court with Kennard and Lou Williams, just as an example. That's pretty damn dangerous. Obviously, those two guards are, are guys that other teams would, would target there. But that's just a really hard lineup to guard. And, and I think they've got other things that they can do. Their depth isn't as strong as last year. So that's my one thing, and I think they're still probably a trade away. But if you told me right now that they went up against the Lakers, and as, as I kind of alluded to before, I don't think – like, I think that's still pretty 50-50. Pretty like, I would probably still lean Lakers because of what they showed and because of LeBron. But when you just look at those two rosters, I still think that's a pretty even matchup, more or less. Here's my question about them and the coaching change, okay? So I think one of the reasons I thought they could be better this year is because I thought Doc babied that team too much, okay, and, and never pushed them enough. But Ty Lu is, I mean, usually when, when teams go from one type of coach, you know, fire one type of coach, they go to an opposite type coach. But Ty Lu's history in Cleveland, and look, it resulted in a championship, okay? LeBron, you know, obviously had a lot to do with it. But Ty Lu's approach was very hands-off, very player oriented. Like he's basically in a lot of ways, a doc clone, right? So uh, do you think that they actually will be pushed more this year? Because if they're going to do the load management thing, I get it to a certain degree for Kawhi, but I thought it was a big reason the chemistry didn't come together in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know too much about their internal concerns as far as uh, doc's uh, chemistry with the team. And as far as Montrez Harrell leaving, how, how that affects the whole thing versus Ty Lue. But from what I've heard, you know, from other reporters, and I know for sure you would know better than me, given your experience in Cleveland, is that a lot of guys like Ty Lue and there, there's some, 
you know, there's some talk that Ty Lue is somebody who will hold stars accountable and that, you know, he, he's kind of notorious for holding LeBron accountable at times in Cleveland. And I don't know how much of that you can confirm, but I think it's interesting because it seems like they were all kind of in for that. I think Ty Lue also did a pretty good job in Cleveland with the offense when he did get the reins there. And I think that's something that would be interesting to see with the Clippers because we know Doc Rivers is historically not a great offensive coach. And I think now that they've got Kennard, who was another you know, good option on that end of the floor, and Ibaka, who's just going to be spacing for, for the Stars. Like, I wonder if they're going to have a cleaner, better offense, even without that point guard. So I think that might be, to me, what the interesting part about it. I, you make a good point about he was able to hold LeBron more accountable than Blatt did because there was a respect factor there. So if, look, if yelled at LeBron. That's, that's how reporters were saying it. <laughs> well, of course, but if there, if there's a clip, look, the Clippers have smart people in that organization. It's not a dumb organization. Jerry West is still involved. Lawrence Frank is still involved. They obviously did the research internally, and I guess must have realized that there was a better chance of Kawhi and Paul George responding to Lou than there was to Rivers, and so maybe they will. I don't know necessarily the Kawhi needs to. I feel more like Paul George needs to, but it feels like they need someone to get in Paul George's head, okay, because that was the big – it's not a talent thing. It's more of that. But my big concern with them, and then we'll, we'll put them up against the Heat here, and the Heat were competitive with them twice last year but lost both times. Uh, my, big, my big thing is they still don't have a point guard. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Pat Beverly is not, is not a starting point – I mean, for all the theatrics, I mean, he's – at this point, to me, he's an eighth man, okay, that you bring off for point of attack defense, but he's not someone you want running your team, right? Like, so that really was the most level players like Avery Bradley. Well, Avery Bradley would have been fine. I mean, he's he's from, but, but yeah, limited, know, I mean, limited defensive, uh, defensive guards like that. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, would, would let, let's put it this way, okay? I mean, would they be just as well off with DJ Augustine running the show as Pat Beverly? Well, obviously, the, their defense would take a hit. But no, you're right. DJ Augustine, like if he was their starting point guard, not that he's winning them the championship, he would definitely have their offense more organized. He, he just that's what he's there for. That's why he got the mid-level from the Bucks. I mean, right. who knows if he's even worth the mid-level, but he can definitely be a point guard for you, you know, hit some shots. He was pretty good, right? Like, I think he, he could definitely have helped them. But to me, Ethan, my, my take here is we need to stop with this whole Lou Will off the bench thing. I think yeah. especially now that, that Trez, Montrez Harrell is not there anymore. And, and I get it. Lou Will is not a good defender at all. And it's going to be a hole for them in the playoffs if, if he's there at that time. He should be starting. He is probably one of their be- better handlers. And if he's on the floor with Kawhi and Paul George, guess what? He's not going to be taking all those same shots that he's taking when he's just the guy off the bench and he's allowed to do whatever he wants. So mm-hmm. I think that's, to me, that's more interesting than Pat Bev, who we know isn't a point guard. You know, I think like Pat Bev is an ideal starting point guard next to LeBron, maybe not next to Kawhi. Right. Right. And so that's why I kind of think have Lou Will handle a little bit and ha- have him being a threat off the ball when Kawhi and Paul George do have the ball. That's a good point. I just wonder now that you're taking Harold off that bench and if you're going to have enough scoring, because Harold was providing a lot of that too, if you take Lou Will off. But I, I get it. Let's put it in the overall context here of the Heat. Obviously, we saw that the Heat are a much more together team, had much, much better chemistry. The pieces seemed to fit better than they did necessarily for the Clippers in the bubble. The coaching was better, but is the roster better? I I would say right now, if you look at the Heat where they are, the Clippers where they are, who has the better roster? That is a tough question. That is a tough question. So you're just saying on paper. 
just not on necessarily paper. You're a just saying r- right now you, you put the two of them again. You can't take out the fact that Spolster and Lillard are the coaches, but they both won championships with LeBron. Okay, so I mean, there's a certain level of competence that Ty Lue has. I'm not a huge fan, but he's obviously a competent NBA coach who should have gotten another opportunity. Okay, so I'm just I'm just asking though, just put their rosters on paper right now. Clippers or Heat? It's the Clippers. If you're just talking about on paper, it's the Clippers. Probably right. I mean, the best player is on the Clippers. Okay. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Butler is probably Jimmy and Bam. Like you can make a case that they're right there with Paul George, if not higher. Like I think for sure Jimmy's higher than Paul George at this point. I mean, maybe maybe I'm being reactionary there, but we just saw what Jimmy did in the finals, and like Bam to me is right under Paul George. So I think it's mm-hmm. a, a little bit closer than we would have said last year for sure, but still probably the Clippers. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, we'll see what Heat fans think of that, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you on it. Um, I think the sum of the parts may still be Heat, but I, I'm with you. And look, I picked the Clippers. Oh yeah, no the, doubt. The Heat are yeah, definitely but I, but, a deeper but, team. I, but I picked the Clippers to win the championship last year, so I can't say one uh, and then not say the other. All right, we're gonna get to some other teams here and and put them in the mix uh, before we tell you about. Another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Now, this is an important sponsor if you have a business, okay? You know somebody has a business. So recommend Better Pay. You can check them out at btrpay.com. That's btrpay.com. The phone number is 954-953-8895. Again, that's 954 right here in Broward, 953-8895. That's a dedicated line for Five Reasons. And if you mention Five Reasons, when you're approved for a loan, you'll get $100 back from your loan, you never have to give back. It's just yours, okay? It's no longer a loan. It is your money. Here's some specifics. Your business is eligible for funding within six to 12 months, so not a long time. You don't need many documents, driver's license, avoided business check, a few months of account statements, and that's it. And you can get funded in as little as 24 to 48 hours. They run your credit, but they do a soft credit pull, so it will not impact your credit score. You don't have to pay for an application fee. There's no collateral required. So really, I mean, what is the issue? Just check them out. And you can request anywhere from $5,000 to $500,000 for anything from new hire and payroll to moving and remodeling to equipment and inventory to bills and utility to marketing. So again, check it out, btrpay.com. That's btrpay.com. The phone number is 954-953-8895. All right, let's get to the next one. Um, Now, again, we're trying to see if the heat fit here in the top five. We have the Lakers and Clippers ahead of them. So let's talk about the controversial one. The Bucks roster, <laughs> as it currently stands, better than the Heat, same as the Heat, worse than the Heat. Man, you're starting off with the question. Uh, uh, I see how you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we got to narrow it down at the end of the day. So you're, and and you're not answering sip. the this question This time of the Marlins lager, again, ask for it at Publix or any other store or go to BiscayBayBrew.com. Okay, continue. Man, you not answering the question first is a pro move. That's how I know you've been in the game a long time. I'm gonna say Heat. I'm not falling for your trap. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go over here and say the Bucks. I will not do this. I'm gonna say the Heat. This team just beat them in five games in the second round. And like I said on the other podcast, I think all the pressure is on the Bucks to prove that this is the better roster. I do think I'm. I'm still firm on the stance that they upgraded. They're gonna be tougher in a series. And I think it won't be a five-game series if they do play again. I would still have the Heat, though. And I think maybe on paper you could argue that they have the better roster. I'm not falling for your trap, though. I'm picking Heat. All right, that's fair. Um, But then if we're going to do that, I got to take you to the next one because the next team I was going to take you to was the Celtics. 
Is the Heat roster better? Because I have a second question after I ask you this one. Is the Heat roster better than the Celtics roster? And we discussed it on the previous podcast. Tristan Thompson in, Jeff Teague in, Gordon Hayward out, Wanamaker out, not a lot of other changes, okay? Is the Heat roster better than the Celtics roster? Yep. Yep. I am not scared whatsoever of the Celtics' lack of depth. Their best player to me is not as good as the Heat's best players, and, and you know they showed that in the series that they played. It was a very good series, right? I'm not acting like this would be a, a very quick series if they were to play each other again. But because of what just happened, like it's, I, I can't pick these rosters over over the results. It's, I, I guess it's too simple. I guess it's too simple, and I guess we could really break it down. But Jimmy and Bam to me are more of an impressive duo than what I guess Tatum and Kemba or Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the the whole thing to me is like, yeah, the Tristan thing is, is is important for them. They needed a guy who could rebound, could play defense with some size. I think that's going to help them. And it just got announced today that the Gordon Hayward thing with Sharda became kind of like a, a, a sign and trade where essentially the Celtics got this ginormous trade exception. You know, we don't know if they're actually going to use it. It seems like they're, I want to say around $20 $20 million under the hard cap. And and the trade exception they got for was around $28 million. Yeah, it's just like $100,000 less than it would take to get Bradley Beal. Did you notice that? (laughs) Did did, did Charlotte do that on purpose? It's pretty funny. It's pretty good. (laughs) But regardless, it seems like it wouldn't even take somebody that's that big of a contract because of where they're at financially unless some other move happens first. I guess if they absorb in another big contract, like let's say if they absorb Oladipo or Marcus Aldridge or some other star that's available out there on a, for a big number, you know, maybe that makes them more tougher to beat. I'm still not afraid of the Celtics. To me, the, the, the Bucks have a better roster than the Celtics. You can make the argument the Bucks have a better roster than the Heat. But again, I just don't really see that playing out on the court. All right. So then I got one more question for you. I, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. I'm going somewhere with okay. this. Is the Nets roster, and you got to go beyond roster because we haven't seen it before. So there are other factors at play. For we talked about it on the previous pod, first time head coach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, first time these guys have really played together. So there's obviously gonna be a transition period. But right now, if I could tell you Nets or Heat, you take Nets. Okay. And the reason I'm asking that question is because if you don't take the Nets there, you're telling me that the Heat. Or it should be the number one seed in the East, but you're not saying that. You're saying it's the yeah. Nets. I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you if I had to predict like where these Eastern Conference seeds ends up. I th- I feel like that's pretty pretty hard. And and we haven't even talked about Toronto yet, but they would for sure be in the mix. They were the number two seed, and I really don't think losing Gasol and Ibaka is going to hurt their regular season standings that all that much. So I do think there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix, and I really can't tell you like. Even if I'm saying Brooklyn might have the best roster, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like the three or four seed. Like, I just, I, there's so many factors at play in this weird season. Like, who's actually going to play a lot of games? Who won't? I think it, that's that's a question for the Heat after, you know, the fact that they were the one of the last two teams standing in the bubble. So they have less time to uh, to relax and rehab. And you talk about the Nets with KD and Kyrie. I, I just think... Like there's a lot going on right now. I can't really tell you who's gonna who's gonna be the highest seed, but I do think the Nets, if you're just talking about on the on on paper, have the better roster than the Heat. All right. So let's go out west now because then we're gonna try to boil this thing down to five. If Kevin Durant is okay. healthy. 
If Cam, of course, <laughs> of course. And I, and I get that. And I think the expectation is that he will be. So I, I, I would expect that. I know there's concern about how he comes back from the Achilles. Adams talked about that on some of our episodes, but uh, again, I think if anybody can, he will. And I do think his game is suited in a way that he's going to be fine. He's still going to be a lethal jump shooter. And I, you know, he just sees the game better than just about anybody in the league other than LeBron. I, I think he's going to be fine, but uh, let's get to the West then. Okay. We've mentioned the Lakers. We mentioned the Clippers. We both agree that on paper, they look better than the heat. Is there another team in the West? Okay. Now here are some options. Nuggets, jazz, uh, Blazers upgraded for sure. Um, and they'll be healthier. You think the Suns are kind of an upstart. The Rockets have added uh, a couple of pieces. Christian Wood obviously didn't do anything with Harden and Westbrook. Um, they lost Covington. They added Boogie on a flyer. The Warriors, of course, have Curry coming back, but not Clay. And then, of course, they used uh, their first pick on Wiseman. Any of those teams, give me any that you would put ahead of the Heat in this first tier. So we're just talking about roster here. Talking about roster and, and, and projection to a certain degree. I mean, I think it comes into it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think the only one that you could really make a case for is Denver. I think they've really shown a lot in the regular season and the playoffs. But, the, you know, the fact that they lost Jeremy Grant to me is a loss. I don't think that necessarily swings them from one tier to the other. But I do think it, it's, you know, I guess adding uh, Jermichael Green, like we mentioned before, from the Clippers is, is a solid replacement for Jeremy Grant. But he gave them another big wing defender. And you need those guys when you're talking about going up against the Lakers and the Clippers specifically. So that's why I don't really take them as seriously as maybe I did last year. And even then I didn't take them as seriously as the Lakers and Clippers. And obviously I, I was mistaken there. So I think they took a little bit of a loss, but to me, they're that team. I think we got to give them the respect after what they've done the past couple of playoffs, just kind of always surprising us. I'm with you. I think that would be the one. Um, I, I don't really, I don't know if they have a better roster than the Heat. I don't know if they do, but I think they're the one we can at least talk about. I think when you look at the others, I don't think the Jazz do. Um, I think the Blazers potentially could, but again, we got to see a lot of, we got to see health there and, and some other factors. Um, I like the Covington acquisition. I do think that addresses a big need for them, but I'm not ready to put them there after they, they technically missed the playoffs this year. They made it because of the bubble, but, uh, but they, they technically were going to miss it. Uh, the Suns are not there yet. Um, Chris Paul will elevate them, but maybe to the OKC level of this past year, I don't think that elevates past the heat and the Warriors. It's a weird deal. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, with Curry and Draymond and Wiggins or whatever they get for Wiggins and if they get something from Wiseman, but Wiseman's going to be raw again, no summer league. I, I don't really love a lot of their other complimentary pieces. So I'm, I'm with you that it would be the nuggets. All right. So if we've agreed on that, the only other place we can go here is we try to narrow this down. Would you put the Raptors or the Sixers or the Pacers ahead of or even equal to the Heat? From those teams that you mentioned, to me, probably Toronto is the one that's in the mix. Like, I'm not buying in on the Philadelphia hype just yet, just because, you know, they have a roster that makes sense now. I think that's kind of the bare minimum, and they're going to be good, right? I think the Sixers should be good. I'm still not looking at them as a real threat in the East until proven otherwise. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm going to be wrong about this just because getting rid of, uh, of Horford and some of these other guys, I'm moving them for, for guys who just make a lot more sense. Maybe it really does just kind of clean things up to a degree where it's like, oh, yeah, they're back in the mix as a contender, and I'm just going to be so wrong about it. But until further notice, it's the Raptors. I think they were the two seed for a reason. And like alluded to, like I alluded to before, I think like Aaron Baines is a pretty good replacement 
for Gasol. I think bringing Chris Boucher back on, on, a, on a higher role is going to help. I think they're going to be just around where they were last year if you're talking about winning percentage. And I think Siakam, like, how surprised would you be if he took another small leap? I still don't think he's going to be exactly what he needs. I mean, they need him to be as far as being that 1A guy. But we saw how, you know, this guy has taken two massive leaps in the past two seasons. But then so he just took a that's leap not back. out of the question. Right, but then he took a leap back in the bubble. That's my question, right? That's I mean, true, but I think it's because of the really role. bad in that series. And I, it looked to me, you know, sometimes you say it's matchup, and maybe some of it was matchup, but he looked incompetent. Like he just he he looked to me, it looked worse than Paul George. Like he was the most disappointing All Star in the playoffs. He he, he gave uh, them nothing. Like you like literally watching him play the Celtics in those overtime games, and I was tweeting like you got to get him off the floor. No, he was uh, bad. He was really really bad. But to right. me, the Paul George thing was is like to me that's a lot worse because Paul George has been been around the NBA playoffs for so long now. And Siakam obviously won a, won a championship last season. So I'm not going to sit here and act like he doesn't have a big-time playoff experience. But to me, that role that he was put in and against that team where they just have so many wing defenders, specifically like, you know, Jalen Brown and Semi Osley and Jason Tatum, and they just had so many guys that are wing defenders, his size and with his strength. And they really just – they figured out his game. And I think he's got to develop some new counters. And I think once he figured out that they figured out his game, it, he kind of got in his head about it. Like, I really don't think – he is the player that he showed in the bubble at all. I don't. I still don't believe that he's the one A guy. So I, again, I think that role in the playoffs, it's uh, he, he would need to take another massive leap to be that guy. But I, I do think the guy that we saw in the regular season is is a lot closer to who he is, and he might just be a little bit better than that next season. All right, I'm going to tell everybody a little bit more about Biscayne Bay Brewing, and then we're going to look. It looks to me like we've got eight teams in tier one so we'll we'll do a final breakdown here in a second but again you got to check out biscayne bay brewing uh we got the tropical bay ipa you've got marlin's lager uh they're both great i got a bunch of them here i got to spread them out to the rest of my group but this is this is the independent brewery in south florida now this is the only one i know there were others they've been bought out this is the one that represents south florida they're the official beer of inner miami of us and of course, also of the Miami Marlins, hence Marlins Lager. Eventually, hopefully there will be a Five Reasons beer. We'll have to decide what that will be called. Maybe it will be Five Reasons at the end of the day. We'll see. But make sure you check out Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official beer of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And as soon as COVID's over, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with them. Watch parties, jinxing the heat, all of that good stuff. All right, let's get to it. We've got eight teams, according to what you've given me here. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, Nets, Heat, Raptors. Okay. To be considered a top five team, we got to get three out of the way. <laughs> okay. Lakers and, and Clippers, we're not taking out of the way, right? No. Nope. Agreed on that. Okay. The Nets, according to you, not taking out of the way, right? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think that there's such an X factor. I don't think you could just take them out right now. Okay. Celtics, you're taking out of the way, right? At least compared to the Heat. Yeah. Nuggets, you taking them out of the way? Yep. Raptors, taking them out of the way? Yep. Bucks, taken out of the way? Nope. Okay. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Nets, Heat. Is that our list? Yep, that's kind of where I was, uh, I think, when, once we started the show. And I think I had a feeling that's where we are going to end up. And to me, I think that's a pretty good five. I think that's a pretty good five. I think the onus is on those other teams that we left out. 
to kind of prove us wrong. And they might, and they just might, like, I, I really don't want to sit here and act like the heat are guaranteed to be back in the conference finals, even next season. Like there's going to be some really good teams, man. There's going to be some really good teams. And I do think the heat are, are, are in the five right now, but it wouldn't be, that doesn't mean that they're, you know, that they're going to be right there at the end. I, I think what I was kind of alluding to at the beginning of the episode is that it's, it's in a healthy place. I feel like the parody is in a healthy place right now. And it would have been, I think it would have been even better if, the clay thing didn't happen and the Warriors were healthy. Yeah. But I do. I really don't look at any of these teams as like, yeah, they're unstoppable or like, I think the Lakers can, can, can beat the Clippers. Clippers can beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think the Heat can beat a lot of the teams, pretty much any team in the East. And there's a couple of teams in the East that if they get their act together can beat the Heat for sure. And that's why I think like, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the season. I think the parody is an even better place than it was last season when, when that was kind of a talking point. All right, so that we got it. We got the Heat as a top five team, at least for now. Again, I think the Warriors would have been in that tier if Clay doesn't get hurt, but it happens. So, are I you in the same place as far as those back. five? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I like I'm a little wait and see with the Nets, um, but but I do think the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks, just on paper, are the three best teams. I think you have to put the Heat ahead of the Celtics because of what they did to them in the postseason. I think they're ahead of the Raptors because, like you said, I don't think they have a number one. I think they have. A bunch of guys who can elevate to number two, Van Vliet. I think Siakam is a high-end two if his head's right. I think that mm-hmm. uh, I think Ananobi could eventually be a two. I don't think they have a one, and and I don't know that it's on their roster. I don't know the leap that Van Vliet can make from the one he's made already. There are limitations with him because of size and other factors. And I wonder if Lowry, who I think has been the ideal kind of two for a long time, and the, the Raptors' problem was – when DeRozan, they didn't really have a one, right? But then with Kawhi, they did have a one. And then Lowry was the two. I wonder if Lowry slips back to a three. I just, I mean, he's got a lot of wear on his body. I think they're going to have to protect him a little bit more. So I don't see a one. I think the gym, I think the heat have a one and I, I think they could have two ones. And I so I got to put him ahead. So I, I have Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, heat nets um, in some order with those final three in the East. And I think what's interesting is you and I both have three East teams. Um, up there and i you know i think the nuggets are deserving but they had some struggles in the regular season this year and i, I need to see murray do that over a full year but can i ask you one question before yeah. we finish this mm-hmm. so we both are kind of considering the nets in there because of kevin durant and kyrie irving but mostly kevin durant but let's say we we had to switch out that x-factor team the brooklyn nets for one more team there would it be denver or would it be boston for you i think it's denver hmm I think it's Denver, but I also think I look at the second tier teams, you know, the Jazz, the Blazers, the Sixers, not so much the Pacers or the Suns. I don't think the Suns are there yet. And I don't think the Pacers have the top end talent. The Rockets, I think a little bit, but the Warriors, I think if if Curry just has one of those seasons, I, I could see those teams kind of getting in the mix. And that's why I'm with you that there, there are a couple of tiers here and we're probably forgetting something, but I, somebody for that tier too. But I think there are a couple of tiers. I mean, the only team that was really competitive last year that's completely dropped out intentionally. So is OKC and they've kind of been replaced by Phoenix. New Orleans is not there yet, but there's a lot of talent at some point that thing will come together. It may not be this season. And, and so I I do think there's some really compelling teams out West that we can talk about, but I do think top end talent, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, and then I think you have the heat right there. And again, in the playoffs, they're still in matchup nightmare for the Bucks. And they did. We just saw what they did to the Celtics. And I think the Celtics got worse. So I, I, I think they're right there. Sorry, we'll get into this more as we go forward. But we're going to give you a little bit more in this episode. Um, I had a chance to speak to 
Eric Brown, um, who sponsors the Five Reasons Sports Network. If you want to sponsor us, please reach out to me by DM or our sales, uh, our sales folks, uh, Carlos Jorge or Matthew Perdomo. Obviously, you hear the sponsorships around the network. We really appreciate that. That's what keeps us going. That's why we don't charge you for anything. Uh, but Eric also happens to be a huge Heat fan. And so we started a new segment called Value Plays to kind of get into some of the finances of this sort of stuff. And I thought it was an interesting conversation. So that comes up now. Welcome back on Five on the Floor. As we go forward, we're going to be introducing some new segments to you on the program. And this one is called Value Play. And this is with one of our sponsors. His name is Eric Brown. You can find him at fivereasonsrealtor.com. But he's been a big, big Heat fan since the beginning. Um, Eric, let me, let's start there, okay? How long have you been following the Heat? Well, I moved to Miami in uh, 1999. I've been uh, living in San Diego. I was born and born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, please don't hold that against me. You know, I went to the uh, University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. I got a business education. But anyway, when I moved here from San Diego, I hadn't lived in a city that had an NBA team. And um, I went and got heat season tickets when Dwayne Wade um, was basically right before Wayne Dwayne Wade was drafted. So the first season that I was a season ticket holder was uh, Dwayne's rookie year, which uh, I absolutely just love that team. Yeah, I think a lot of people love that team. In fact, I think before this recent team, that was a lot of people's favorite team that didn't win a championship. Like if you were to say, what are the two favorite Heat teams that didn't win titles? It would probably be 0304 with Dwayne and Karan and Lamar and that group. And then this most recent group with Jimmy and Bam. So the reason we're bringing you on here is because we want to get beyond the headlines a little bit and take a little bit more of a business approach to some of this stuff. I know that heat fans are trying to learn the salary cap. A lot of them know the salary cap really well. A lot of them fake it. Uh, some of us in the media at times are faking it with some of the clauses, but then we try to figure things out, but you had some thoughts watching recent free agency and sort of how we could apply it to the, to the heat situation. Well, um, the first thing that I, I'd like to comment on is that you, know, you and I had a conversation uh, right after the season and uh, where I told you that <laughs> as someone who represents clients for a living and uh, you know, I have a fiduciary responsibility to them, I told you I couldn't see any way that Bam's agent uh, was going to allow him to do anything but sign that extension. Ultimately, you know, it's the client's decision uh, you know, in the end, but 99 times out of 100, I, for instance, if I explain to a client that uh, why it's not in their best interest to buy a property that's located between a crack house and a hazardous waste dump, they're going to listen to me. It would have been, you know, completely irresponsible, almost malpractice for Alex uh, Saratsis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, to not insist that BAM signed that extension if it was offered. You, you, you just don't pass up that kind of financial security. And as we well know, living here in Miami, you never know uh, what the, the future you know, is going to hold. So it was just really unrealistic for fans to expect any different outcome. And um, if, you know, if you had any doubt about what that outcome was gonna be when you saw and heard that uh, Myers Leonard got that $9 million uh, offer for, you know, for his first year of salary, you know, right at the opening bell, that should have been your signal that um, they were building in a high dollar you know, salary cap inventory for a trade or for a sign in trade 
at a later date, and they were going to give BAM the extension. And, and when you talk about that, that's one of the things we've discussed on Five on the Floor is, again, collecting these assets so you can move these assets in the future. And Riley has always talked about being in the chip collecting business, but that business has changed. When he used to talk about chips, he would sometimes talk about draft picks, and those are still commodities. But now one of the commodities are these kind of decent contracts in the last year that go into the last year of their deals and which again, you can create with the team option and by signing players. So there's not just one way to get a chip when you're trying to move a team forward. And I think that's why Riley is always talking about having all these things at our disposal. And when he says some things like there are obstacles, but there are none because it just create as many avenues as you possibly can. And then ultimately turn it over to Andy <laughs> and say, let's figure this um, out. And if anything, it seems like that, um, first round draft picks have had less value than they ever had. And in this age of player empowerment, as we saw with uh, uh, Jimmy, if Jimmy wants to be, or any other player wants to be in a certain place, they find a way to get there. Anthony Davis said, I wanna be in Los Angeles and Anthony Davis is in Los Angeles. So it's in some ways it's really more valuable to be able to accommodate the deal financially than uh, you know, with, with draft picks. Um, I, I do want to add a personal note, and this is just strictly as a fan. Um, I probably have a, a very contrarian take on signing Giannis. Um, I really wasn't crazy about him coming here. I mean, quite frankly, I, I didn't really want him to come here. My own personal preference as a fan and you know, watching basketball, I much prefer when the Heat's number one option is really one of their own. I enjoy rooting you know, for a team that's more organically grown and that I've been able to develop an emotional connection with. I, as we just mentioned, I love that team with Wade and Karan. And I mean, they ultimately, they want a championship, so you can't really argue with it, the result. But I really didn't want them to trade those guys for Shaq. Uh, and uh, likewise, I mean, I, I mean, I like that championship watching that. I, I went to those games. I was a season ticket holder. It, it was fantastic. And likewise with LeBron, when LeBron came here, hey, I went to the games. I went to, I went to all the playoff games. I saw everything. I really, you know, I enjoyed going there. But there was, there was a higher level of enjoyment that I would have had if those players were, you know, so-called our players. Shaq was a Laker. Uh, you know, LeBron was a Cav, uh, so they weren't really Heat players. And and I just Giannis coming here. Giannis is a Buck. He's he's not a Cav. Tyler Hero, you know, is is a member of Heat. And you might say to me, well, what about Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Jimmy Butler wasn't drafted here. He, he didn't. He you know he didn't originate his career here. I think Jimmy's kind of like an exception. He's like. Um, like a child that got separated from his parents at the hospital and, uh, you know, at birth and he's wandering from city for city, you know, looking for his family until he found Dwayne and Dwayne said, your bloodline is the Miami heat. You know, that's, that's your home, go home. That's, that's your family. And, you know, we welcomed him here with, you know, open arms and, and, and him, I feel like he really is a you know, member of, of a Miami, of the Miami heat. Well, th well, that's the crazy thing about it, Eric. You're right. I mean, in, in a sense, he always did. He always did belong here. 
but they could have had him in the draft. That's that's the crazy part. They actually traded over the spot that he was picked to take Norris Cole. So it's like they were this close to getting a guy who, if they'd gotten him, would have been perfect behind uh, LeBron and Wade on those teams and developing as a player. And he would have been in the white quote unquote culture. He ended up in Chicago, had some success, but obviously Minnesota and Philadelphia didn't fit. I think a lot of fans do agree with you. There were a lot of fans. I remember in 0304 that were not thrilled with the Shaq trade. Um, obviously it, it gained bandwagon fans because you're always going to get those. But I do think that a lot of people wanted to see the team grow organically. And that's why people get attached to players like Tyler hero to Duncan Robinson and to others. They don't want to see those players go because like you said, they feel like they're theirs. And, and you know, that is always this, this push pull with Riley because, you know, Riley's going to bring you players that you're interested in. And then sometimes he's going to flip those players, whether it's now Glenn Rice wasn't his, that was before him, but he traded him, but whether it was Karan, whether it was, you know, finding a home for Odom, right. You know, where he didn't find a home with the Clippers, he did here and then moving him off, you know, Josh Richardson is another example. And then hero or Robinson, uh, would be other examples. You had some thoughts, though, also on Duncan Robinson as, as we kind yeah, of look ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. speaking of homes, you know, I, I was reading where uh, Barry Jackson reported that uh, Myers Leonard was moving out of uh, Hassan's house, uh, partly because, you know, the rent was going up. Well, I think Duncan Robinson next year is going to be able to afford pretty much any home he wants uh, based on what I saw happen in uh, free agency here um, over the last week. Um, two players in particular, Joe Harris with uh, Brooklyn Nets and Davis Pertans with the Wizards. Uh, Harris signed a contract four years, $72 million, and he's got some kickers could even bring it up to 75 million. And Bertans, five years, $80 million. Bertans, just by comparison, and this is what we do in the real estate business all the time. We're always comparing homes. So it's, you know, this analysis is, you know, it's, it's very comparable to, you know, what, you know, player agents are, you know, are going to do. Bertans is 28 years old. And last year he shot 42% uh, from three. And, you know, he's getting this, you know, huge contract of 16 million. Harris, 29 years old, has shot 42.4%, you know, from three. And uh, neither one of them are particularly good defenders and they're older. I mean, what's Joe Harris, you know, going to look like in, you know, at, you know, at 32, 33 years old, uh, Bertans at 32, same thing <laughs> with those contracts. Compare that to Duncan. Duncan shot 44.6% from threes. He's 26 years old. So he's younger than both of them. And uh, uh, as Kurt Goldsbury uh, wrote and again Barry Jackson picked up he had the most prolific catch and shoot uh, percentage in the history of the NBA at 46.2 percent uh, in on threes so if he has any kind of decent year that's anywhere close to what he did last year that 20 million dollar number is not you know without you know it's not out of the question maybe even more because this year, there were very limited amount of teams that had cap space. And next year, there's a lot of teams that have cap space. And uh, everybody's going to want him that uh, everyone needs shooting. And the Heat aren't going to be, aren't really going to be able to afford to let him go. Yeah, that's a good point. And obviously, there are going to be a lot of teams that are clearing the cap space to get one of the top four or five or six players. 
And some of those players like a Kawhi may stay put and others or Giannis for, for that measure, he may actually do it now. And then others are going to go to other teams. And so what ends up happening then is teams then end up overpaying. We kind of saw that this year a little bit. Uh, the one team that had cap space, the, the most cap space was Atlanta and they spent it. They spent it on Gallinari and they spent it on the offer sheet to Bogdanovich. They got both. You could make a good argument that they got a lot better, that they're a potential sort of low-end playoff team in the East. But you can also say this really wasn't the year to have cap space because you got Gallinari and Bogdanovich. You didn't get Giannis, you know, and it's just a different different situation. Well, Eric, we appreciate it. Let, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of how people find you, uh, and and they and you can do this kind of work for them uh, in the real estate business. Um, you can find me at uh, FiveReasonsRealtor.com. Um, or you can call me at 305-967-9089. Either one is fine. If uh, you want to you know, talk about real estate or you want to talk about the Miami Heat, uh, any, either one or both of those subjects are, are absolutely fine you know, anytime you're interested. I, I do want to say that, um, just to add one, one other thing while we're talking about free agency, people think that you know, representation in real estate's really not that important that they can get their aunt Millie or, you know, the guy from the gym uh, to represent them. And um, uh, I try to tell people that it's super important who's negotiating for you. It's really, that's really important. Anyone can put your listing in the computer, but it's really important uh, in any kind of high dollar financial transaction to have proper representation. Just look at what happened with Gordon Hayward. Mark Borlstein, one of the you know, better agents in, in the NBA, just negotiated a $120 million four-year contract for Gordon Hayward, who hasn't been healthy any one of the last three years. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming, uh, Danny Ainge included. He played chicken with Mark Borlstein, uh, and he lost, and, and Gordon's out of there. So get good representation. All right, so get good representation in real estate. You can find our guy Eric Brown over at fivereasonsrealtor.com. We will do that again. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Very good. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.